Thanks to our listeners, Issues Etc. has operated independently and in the black for 14 consecutive years. Please help us cover all of our expenses again this year by making a year-end tax-deductible gift. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for your support at the end of 2022. The warnings against speaking falsely in God's name in the Bible are all over the place. From the commandment not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's not primarily about cursing. That's about misusing God's name to teach falsely in his name. It also includes cursing, of course. And then there are warnings in the Old Testament against false prophets. And Jesus himself warns against false prophets. So how is it that nowadays in pop Christianity, one can say, well, you know, I'm a prophet, but I don't get everything right. I get some things wrong. And sometimes I think I'm hearing from God and I'm not. And sometimes I am. You're just going to have to take me with a grain of salt. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. Today, the marks of a false prophet. Pastor Chris Rosebro joins us. He's pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Todd. We're going to be hearing from some of these false prophets, and I'm curious, how do these false prophets themselves deal with the clear warnings in Scripture against false prophecy? Number one, they never see that it applies to them. But what they do with the clear tests from like the, the book of Deuteronomy is they'll, they'll make explicit claims that prophecy under the old covenant, under the Mosaic covenant, is different than prophecy under the new covenant. And so they'll say, God speaks differently today than he did back then. And God had to speak in a way that the prophets knew for sure that they were hearing from God, but he doesn't have to do that now. They say that under the new covenant, uh, the, the new covenant is relational. So that means uh, God can speak to us in ways where we're not exactly sure if that's God or not. And so that it, it kind of invites us into a deeper relationship. This is how they talk. So in other words, they, they simply dismiss these clear warnings of Scripture that are intended to safeguard believers against the very kind of stuff that they're pushing. That is correct. And we'll note along the way today that one of the things that they do is they ignore the actual thing that we're supposed to do. So let me give you an example. In the book of 1 John, and I apologize for my voice, I, I'm a little under the weather, but I don't feel that bad. In the book of 1 John, John writes to Christians, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so today's modern day prophets and charismatics, they claim that, oh, Deuteronomy 18 doesn't apply today. And uh, of course, Deuteronomy 13 would, but Deuteronomy 18 doesn't apply today because, uh, you know, we, we believe that you can prophesy fallibly. But what they are doing when they make an argument like this, they're not actually engaging the biblical standards for how do we test a false prophet. So in 1 John, we are explicitly told, and this is a New Testament text, we are explicitly told that we must determine to see whether or not the prophecy is 
from God. We must determine the source. So there are multiple ways in which you can get at that to determine whether or not the source is God or the source is the greed because false prophets are described in scripture as being greedy and lying for the purpose of making money off of people. False prophets are also described as those who prophesy the things out of their own hearts. They are also described as ignorant and unstable, according to Scripture, which means you may be dealing with somebody who has a mental disorder, and that's the reason why they're he- they feel like they're hearing from God. Or the other one, and this is the most nefarious of it, is the Apostle Paul prophesied that in the last days before the return of Christ, People within the visible church would devote themselves to deceiving spirits, uh, spirits that are actually demonic. So this is the range of options that we have to choose from. And according to the New Covenant standard in 1 John chapter 4, we must determine whether or not the spirit behind the prophecy is from God. And the reason why that is given by John is for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So when somebody just kind of glosses over and says, well, New Testament, Old Testament, we're not under the the Old Testament, they are not actually engaging with the standard given in the New Testament, and that is to determine the source. Who are we going to hear from? Well, actually, we're going to be hearing from Troy Black. Troy Black is a uh, prophetic YouTuber. And he, he has, you know, like more than a quarter of a million subscribers on YouTube. And he is constantly putting out videos where he's claiming that God is talking to him. And so we're going to be listening to a portion of a live stream that he did this week. And we're going to be listening for a few things. We're going to be, number one, we're going to see if we can determine whether or not this guy is a true prophet or a, a false prophet based upon some kind of like standard criteria. How does he handle God's word? Does he meet the accuracy test? Is he teaching a different God altogether? We're gonna we're gonna apply some of the biblical tests to see if he's really a true prophet or not. And I thought this would be a good thing to do in December because we're just what, two and a half, three weeks away from the big prophecy bonanza that's going to cut loose at the beginning of 2023 with all the prophets claiming that God is giving them the word of the Lord for the upcoming year. So I thought this would be a good place to put this down to kind of give people some objective criteria for determining whether or not somebody's a true prophet or a false. Sure. I, I hear I, I just hear Jesus saying this and it sounds weird, but I'm gonna say it. I just I'm just being led by the Lord. I just hear I just hear him saying, let's get drunk together. And I'm gonna explain that. The word says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. What he's talking about is he's talking about no more inhibitions. He's talking about being fully uh just surrendered to and yielded to the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about being being uh drunk on the joy of the Lord. You know, that was what we saw the day of Pentecost, y'all. We, we, you see, you look in Scripture, you see the day of Pentecost. There's, there's all these believers who get hit with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then suddenly to the world, they look drunk, right? They look drunk. You know, it's like because they're so full of joy, they're so full of life, they're so full of uh, their maker. You know, the Holy Spirit is there with them. They can't contain uh, the way they look, the way they sound, the way they're acting, they can't contain it. The joy of the Lord is just all over them, you know, and, and to the natural mind, people looked at that and they thought there's no way they could be having that much fun unless they were drunk, right? But what we, we know by the word that they weren't drunk on wine, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And when we commune with Jesus together, you know, like he, we are, he, he says he is going to take of the fruit of the vine again on the, you know, the, uh, the marriage supper of the lamb, you know, in heaven with us. Right. But right now, guess what? We get to commune with him, that word communion, where there's the bread and the wine, you know, we get to commune with him because his body was broken and we commune with Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the more of the Holy Spirit that comes, the better it gets. <laughs> and the more you look like one of those people on the day of Pentecost, right? Sometimes, like sometimes the Lord just says, okay, this is it. You know, you're getting hit. What would you make of that there, Chris? Okay. So we're going to just back up a little bit here. We're going to apply two tests. We're going to apply, number one, the test from Deuteronomy 13. And that test specifically has to do with whether or not somebody who is a prophet is having us follow after a different God. Here's the test. So in Deuteronomy 13, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods which you have not known, let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether or not you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So if you remember at the very beginning of that particular soundbite, Troy said, I hear Jesus telling me that he's inviting us to get drunk with him. Okay? And then he qualified it afterwards and defined it. Well, here's the thing. The Jesus of Scripture would never, and I mean ever, invite people to get drunk with him. That is, it is, it is a blasphemy that is so extreme because drunkenness in scripture is clearly said to be a sin. Jesus would never use a metaphor of sin to talk about something that is holy. And so already we're dealing with a different Jesus altogether. And so I think Deuteronomy 13 is in play here. And we're dealing with a different Jesus, which means we're dealing with a different spirit and a different deity altogether. The Jesus that is talking to Troy Black is not the biblical Jesus that you and I worship. It's a different Jesus altogether. But the other part of this that's kind of the proof in the pudding is that if you were to think of the pastoral office, in the pastoral office there are particular ground rules for who is qualified to be a pastor and who is disqualified from being a pastor and what the duties of a pastor are. And there are duties of a pastor as it relates to morality, but there's also duties of a pastor as it relates to rightly handling God's word. So in Titus chapter 1, it says regarding the, the role of a pastor, a pastor must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, and they are empty talkers. They are deceivers, especially of the circumcision party, and they must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. So if you were to think of it this way, is, is that when we talk about the rules of a pastor, pastor must be able to teach sound doctrine. In the other pastoral epistles, he must be able to rightly handle the word of truth. We're told that pastors are to rebuke those who contradict sound doctrine. And the general principle, if you want to talk about it this way, is that in Christ's church, the standing house rules are only the truth is to be taught. 
those who preach and teach and prophesy are required to rightly handle God's word and to stay within the bounds of Scripture. In Second John, it specifically says, watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and doesn't abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. So when somebody goes beyond or they're twisting up God's word, we are warned that they don't even have God. So now we have Troy Black possibly having a different deity, and now we have him twisting the scriptures, and let me demonstrate how he did it. He claimed that in Acts chapter 2, that the people in Acts chapter 2 were legitimately behaving as if they were drunk. That's his claim, and this is what he was doing to back up his claim that Jesus was telling him that he's inviting people to come and get drunk with him. But when you take a look at Acts chapter 2, that doesn't pan out at all. It does say that when the day of Pentecost arrived, all the, the apostles were in one place. There came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind filled the entire house where they were sitting, and, and the Holy Spirit filled them, and people began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterances. And it does say that there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven, and that an entire multitude, and they were hearing them speak in their own languages, and they were amazed and astonished and said, are not these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And it lists the languages, the Parthenians, the Medes, the Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, both Jews and proselytes. We were hearing them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And we were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? So it nowhere says that the disciples were behaving like they were drunk or overcome by something. Instead, they were proclaiming, and in other languages, the mighty works of God. And when Peter stood up, the very first thing he said was, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only the third hour of the day. So when Troy Black then is describing the saints, the disciples, on the day of Pentecost as behaving in a drunkenly way, he is twisting the scriptures and inserting something that isn't there. So he fails just in that one soundbite. He fails spectacularly to pass any of the tests required for a, a true prophet. And in fact, he fails the test so badly, you can only say based on that one soundbite that he's a false prophet. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. We're discussing the marks of a false prophet, listening to some Troy Black. Next, Troy is going to talk about how everyone is going to prophesy. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we move farther along in St. Luke with blessings and woes. Love of enemies, lives of mercy, of logs and specks, and built on the rock. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. It's the days before Christmas, and the list is so long of whom to buy what for, so I'll help you along. Ad Crucem has gifts for all budgets and tastes. Our service is quick for shoppers in haste. Pop over to the website adcrucem.com for gifts focused on Christ, where it's always belonged. 
reminders of his work for saints in this world, and his promises eternal, yet to be fulfilled. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Yes, there is a Messiah in Seattle. Messiah Lutheran Church and Concordia Lutheran School have served North Seattle for over 60 years, and we invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 8 and 1045 with Bible study at 920. Messiah Seattle is proud to support issues, etc. To learn more, watch our adult information class videos online or on DVD. Our website is messiahseattle.org, 206-524-0024. What does anthropology, or the science of mankind, the study of mankind, have to do with Christmas? Well, it has everything to do with Christmas. As the December issue of The Lutheran Witness points out, to understand what man is and what it means to be man, we don't look to other men, but to Jesus Christ, the man. To subscribe to The Lutheran Witness, visit cph.org witness, or visit our website, witness.lsms.org, to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. A voice in the wilderness of American evangelicalism. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Bethlehem Lutheran, Altamont, Illinois. Emmanuel Lutheran, Green River, Wyoming. Grace Lutheran, Clarksville, Tennessee. Emmanuel Lutheran, Everett, Washington. Mount Calvary Lutheran, Brookings, South Dakota. Peace Lutheran, Hastings, Nebraska. Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran, Snohomish, Washington. St. John Lutheran, Topeka, Kansas. St. Timothy Lutheran, Huber Heights, Ohio. And Zion Lutheran, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. We're talking about the marks of a false prophet with Chris Rosebro of Fighting for the Faith. If you enjoy This Week in Pop Christianity with Chris Rosebro, please make a year-end tax-deductible donation to Issues Etc. No gift is too small. You can make a secure online contribution at issuesetc.org or by check. Make your check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Thanks for listening and thanks for including the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. in your year-end giving. Chris, what is next from Troy Black? So he's going to continue, and we're going to listen carefully then to another prophecy. He's claiming the Holy Spirit is telling him something as it relates to every believer prophesying in the days ahead. I believe the closer we get to the end, and I believe I'm speaking this by the Spirit right now, the more and more every single believer in the church is going to be prophesying. Not just one person in a church, not just two, not just the you know the school of the prophets over here not just you know the the these prophets online not not just that that person on the elder board with the prophetic gift every believer is going to be prophesying but in order to prophesy this is what the lord asked me to talk about 
was the flow of the Holy Spirit. So what I'm about to say for some people, you know, if you're if you're sitting in, I don't think we have a lot of people on tonight that are in this place, but if you're sitting in a theological like, uh, you know, like box where it's like the only thing God can do now is is exactly what we've seen him do in Scripture. And the only way we can hear from God and we can experience God is through reading the Bible. And that's it. Listen, what I'm about to say is going to really rub you the wrong way. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm just saying it. OK, this is what the Lord asked me to talk about. It, the, if, if we want to be in a place where, where we are hearing from the Lord consistently, you know, and we're being used by the Holy Spirit consistently and we see the gifts operating, we need to be in a place where we're willing to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is just going to nudge you. He's just going to it's going to it's going to feel like this gentle little tug or this gentle little nudge. And it's just going to be like, you know, in that moment, I'm supposed to go over here. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to say this. I'm supposed to talk to this person. I'm supposed to send this letter. I'm supposed to send this text, you know, whatever it may be. The Holy or I'm supposed to say no to this, whatever it may be, or yes to this thing over here. The Holy Spirit's going to nudge you. You know, someone's going to say at church, hey, uh, we need you to take care of this. We need you to be on this, you know, whatever this group and head this group and do all this stuff. And the Holy Spirit's going to say no. That's not for you. And, but all these people are counting on you is the thought in your mind. All these people are counting on, on me. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, it's not the right season for that. And it's going to be very gentle. Listen, that is where we choose to yield or not use, yield. It's in those very little nudges, those very small, you know, but the good th- news is those things grow. The more that we respond in faith, when you say Holy Spirit, is this, you know, and if you're not sure if it's the Lord, you stop and you pray and you wait, you know, you don't make decisions when you're not sure. But if, but if, but if you know it's him and you start to recognize those nudges and sometimes it'll be phrases and words. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will just say, you know, yeah. What was Troy saying there? <laughs> okay. So first off, you'll note that the back half of that particular soundbite, he was giving us extra biblical information. There is not a single passage in all of Scripture that instructs Christians in the New Covenant, even prophets of the Old Covenant, that instructs them to learn how to yield to the nudges of the Holy Spirit and how to, quote, go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. This is a completely made-up doctrine. And this is his explanation for his own experiences and his growth in supposedly hearing the voice of God. But nowhere in Scripture does it teach that. But you're going to note something here. He also twisted, and I mean absolutely twisted something up. He claimed that God the Holy Spirit told him that in the days ahead that every believer will prophesy. And this is contradicting specifically a passage of Scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as it relates to the gifts of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul lays out the fact that God the Holy Spirit gives various gifts to Christians within the body of Christ in order to compose a functioning body. And he uses kind of a metaphor. You know, some are given to be hands, some are given to be feet, others are given to be eyes and mouths and things like this in order to fill out the body. And the body then needs each other. And then all of these gifts are given for the purpose of building up. But at the end of chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, makes it very clear 
that nobody receives one particular gift that is universal for everybody. And here's what he says. Now you are the body of Christ. This is verse 27. And individually you're members of it. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of languages. And then he asks a series of questions, starting at verse 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Now that's the English translation, but in the Greek, there's a very interesting phenomenon grammatically, and that each of these questions has an untranslated particle in it, and the particle is may, which means that each of these questions has to be answered in the negative. So the first question in Greek is me pantes apostoloi, are all apostles? Answer, no, because it has may there. Me pantas prophetai is the next question. Are all prophets? And the scripture, again, the, the particle may is there, which means that no, not all prophesy. So what he said that God the Holy Spirit told him that in the days I've had every believer is going to prophesy is directly contradicting what God the Holy Spirit had the Apostle Paul write for us in First Corinthians chapter 12, that not all prophesy, and that would make no sense because then everybody would be a mouth and we need hands and feet and other things like this. So he fails again spectacularly. So now he has contradicted the scriptures and he has added to the scriptures doctrines that are not there. What should we be listening for next from Black? Okay, so this next soundbite is going to be his explanation of the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. There is a difference between prophecy under the Old Covenant and prophecy under the New Covenant. One of the differences is people don't get stoned for false prophecy. <laughs> that is a big difference, you know, and I don't even know how often that happened under the old covenant, how often they followed through with that. But that was part of the law of Moses. You know, if someone was falsely prophesying, the word says, don't be afraid of that person, number one. But also if someone was a, 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 a Israelite, if they were supposed to be following the, the laws of God, they were supposed to lose their life for, for prophesying falsely. Under the new covenant, what we see is we see a covenant of relationship, not a covenant of rules. So listen to me. If you've ever heard the voice of God, you know, or you, or if you ever said I, that God is saying this, and then later you realized it was your thought or it wasn't God or it was what you wanted, listen to me. Don't let the devil put shame on you because, because of that. Why? Because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. But also because now we are in a relationship with God. And listen, some of us are learning to hear God's voice more clearly. It's a, it's a re relational interaction with him. The prophets under the old covenant, they were 1,000% sure, I believe, a lot of times when God spoke to them. Because God had to speak in ways that was different than how he's able to speak now. Because now the Holy Spirit can abide inside of us in a way he was never able to before. Because we have the blood of Jesus covering us completely. We've become the temple of God. We're not just living in the temple and ministering in the temple. We are the temple. And we have a friendship with the creator of the universe. So listen, there is a process. I'm, I'm waiting to hear what the Lord wants me to say. But there's a process to learning to hear God's voice and 
don't let the devil or those who are, you know, throwing the book of the law at you, don't let them cause you to be afraid of missing God's voice. Don't let them cause you to be afraid of not hearing from God. You just keep your heart in the right place and the Lord will speak through you at the right time. And he'll help you to learn to understand him and to hear his voice more clearly. So Chris, what did Black just give his listeners permission to do? Uh, He gave them permission to not give accurate prophecies. It's absolutely terrifying if you consider it. And the thing that he said, you know, basically making this distinction between the new covenant and the old covenant, again, is to gloss over the differences and to ignore the actual requirement when it comes to testing a prophet. So at the beginning of our interview, I talked about First John, that we are not to believe every spirit, but we are to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So here's where I'm going to go to the text that every one of these prophets tries to find a way around, and it's Deuteronomy chapter 18. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, we have God basically giving a prophecy through Moses of Christ, saying that God's going to raise up a prophet like Moses from among the people, and you must listen to him. And then he says, But I will raise up this prophet. You have to listen to him. Whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I'll require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. So if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that Yahweh has not spoken? So note here in verse 24 of Deuteronomy 18, we have the very specific question. How can we know a word that the Lord hasn't spoken? How can we know definitively and say that isn't from God? Here's the answer. When a prophet speaks in the name of Yahweh, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that Yahweh has not spoken. The test given Deuteronomy 18 is a source test. And remember, the New Covenant requires that we determine the source. Is God the source or is there a different source? So when somebody gives a prophecy or they give a word and they say, I feel like the Lord is telling me that Donald Trump is going to be the king of the universe or something like this in the year 2026, right? If that doesn't pan out, then we can say God didn't speak that. So what he's basically saying is, is you're not going to get it right. You, you have to learn how to hear the voice of God. It's a process, but no biblical t- says it's a process. Throughout the Old Testament, one of the recurring phrases that you see over and over and over again in the prophets is the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. The word of the Lord came to me saying the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. The word of the Lord. And at no point do you ever, ever get any hint that Ezekiel or Isaiah or Jeremiah or Amos or any of these prophets of old had to learn the process of hearing God's voice. Not at all. Always and again, when God spoke, they, they, they describe it as the word of the Lord came to me, almost in physical form. If In some of the prophets, it really sounds like it's a physical manifestation of Christ. But all of that being said, nobody has to learn how to hear God's voice. 
when God speaks, you remember the when God spoke at the beginning of creation, he spoke into the vacuum of space. Let there be light, and there was light. The the, the, the vacuum of space didn't say, well, I, I'm not sure if I'm hearing you, God. Is, is that a nudge that you want me to turn the light on? No, it, it wasn't like that at all. When God speaks, he is heard. And so this deity of theirs is absolutely false. And this idea then that because we have a relationship, notice he he says that in the Old Testament, people were a thousand percent sure that they're hearing from God. But apparently in the New Covenant, people have to learn how to hear God's voice and they're not sure. So you'll note then in his theology, prophecy didn't get better. It got worse it got less clear it became more muddied and and messed up and less accurate and it, th- none of this makes any sense biblically because again deuteronomy 18 is very clear if somebody prophesies something and it doesn't come to pass god didn't say that to them pastor chris rosebro is our guest it's this week in pop christianity we're talking about the marks of a false prophet listening to troy black he has a prophecy about anchorage alaska next Thanks to our listeners, Issues Etc. has operated independently and in the black for 14 consecutive years. Please help us cover all of our expenses again this year by making a year-end tax-deductible gift. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for your support at the end of 2022. Do you need a rest from the world's headlong rush to Christmas? Some place where you and your family can slow down and prepare for Christ's birth at the church's rather than the world's pace? A midweek evening Advent service is the perfect time for your first visit to a Christ-centered, cross-focused Lutheran church. Learn more on the Find a Church page at issuesetc.org or send an email to talkback at issuesetc.org. Christ-centered, cross-focused, you're listening to Issues Etc. Logia Journal, the Confessional Dogmatic Series. The works of Kurt Marquardt and many other resources are all brought to you by Luther Academy. Did you know that during this time of COVID-19, your purchases and donations help Luther Academy supply these same resources to pastors around the world? Please consider helping us with this important need through your prayers and financial support. Learn how you can help by visiting lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time.
Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Chris Rose, Row of Fighting for the Faith, is our guest. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. We're talking about the marks of a false prophet, listening to some bites from Troy Black. What's next, Chris? We're going to go back in time to the end of March of 2021, and Troy Black claiming that God interrupted him while he was playing video games to send out an urgent prophetic warning for the inhabitants of the city of Anchorage, Alaska. Hey, y'all. This is Troy Black. So I have a word from the Lord to share with you today um, about a storm in the month of May. And I honestly wasn't planning on filming this video today, or especially right now. I mean, my hair's not even fixed. I look crazy. (laughs) I was actually, a few minutes ago, I was in the living room playing a video game, of all things. And I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, show up while I was sitting there playing this game, you know, like this old school Nintendo game. And felt like the Lord told me I needed to film this video right now. So that's what I'm trying to do, trying to be obedient. Um, Before I jump into this word, uh, I do want to say I don't claim to get everything perfect, um, you know, in hearing from the Lord. Um, When I stand before God, you know, at the the judgment seat of Christ, I'm going to say, Lord, I tried my best. Like, I made mistakes, and your grace is going to have to fix the rest. It's going to have to fill in the gaps. So I'm submitting this word to y'all. I'm not making a declaration necessarily, but I'm trying to be obedient in sharing what the Lord has given me. Um, I've gotten several confirmations about this. I personally didn't want to share this one, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me I need to. And so this was on March 8th when he told me this. He said, uh, Anchorage, Alaska area, that area is going to have a severe storm in May of this year that's going to to destroy many things. And he said, transportation systems, and then I heard fail. So I'm guessing something's going to happen with some transportation systems. And then the next day, March 9th, uh, the next night, I was praying, waiting upon the Lord, and I started to see a vision of polar bears. I saw a mother bear and a baby bear, and they were at this deserted campsite in, like, uh, just a snowy, you know, flatland, all covered in snow and ice. And the campsite was, like, destroyed, decimated, spread around, and they were just rummaging through. And so... um, I got the uh, I got a slight impression that it could that could mean that there's going to be um, a larger and then a smaller you know storm perhaps or it could just be that there's going to be you know uh, two different things going on at the same time. So, anyways, then uh, I did some research, found out that uh, Anchorage, Alaska, normally uh, the polar bears are a little more north than that. You can't see them in the wild in Anchorage. You can see them at the zoo. Um, and also, May is actually the uh, it's when the weather is getting better. So normally, there's not severe storms. Um, so th- this is one of the reasons why I didn't really want to share this word because I'm like, well, the research doesn't line up, Lord. <laughs> um, you know, but I know the Lord knows that. <laughs> okay, so March 17th, I was praying about this word again, and this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. I wrote this down. Uh, Anchorage has been on my heart. Anchorage, Alaska, May of this year, and then. Um, yeah, I got several confirmations about this. One of the ones, I'm just going to share one. I'm probably going to share the rest of them in a podcast. All right. So I don't know how you'd check the weather for that particular day in Anchorage, Alaska. Did It, w- it did was his, the whole month. Did his highly hedged prophecy come mm. true at all? Not even in the slightest. I mean, it was a wonderfully warming temperate uh, month of May of 2021. In fact, we put together a video on Fighting for the Faith and released it in uh, June 1st of uh, last year. We were collecting up footage from some of the, uh, the the live webcams from near the Anchorage Airport and from the Anchorage Harbor and showed the, this, the spectacular, beautiful sunshine, warm weather, 
fluffy clouds. There was no blizzard. Their whole transportation system stood intact. They didn't have much of a transportation system, by the way. It's just buses. There was no significant negative weather event of any kind that occurred in May of 2021. And so again, he fails the test. And notice it was hedged. I don't always get everything right, he said, which basically proves that the source of whatever is speaking to Troy Black is not God Almighty. Whatever is speaking to Troy, it could be demonic. It could be that he's not mentally well. It could be that he's greedy and and uh, and just wants people to pay attention to him and wants a platform. But the one thing biblically we can rule out, because just in the in the four sound bites that we've played, he has broken so many biblical rules and failed so many tests of a true prophet. We can determine definitively he's not hearing from God. And not only that, Scripture forbids any Christian to listen to him as if he's speaking God's words to them. In fact, Scripture says to mark and avoid people like this and have nothing to do with them because they are deceived and they are deceiving others. But note, all we did was listen to what he said and compared it to the Word of God, and he failed at every point. What do you make of his argument? That, and he's made it several times in several ways in what we've been hearing here, that whether for him or for those he's trying to encourage to do the same kind of fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants prophecy, you know, you're never going to get it all right, and you're going to make some mistakes, but then that's all covered by grace. First of all, there is one unforgivable sin, and that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So when people sin like this. We're going to make something very clear here. They are breaking, breaking egregiously the second commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The way the Hebrew reads in there in Exodus 20 verse 7, you shall not carry the name of the Lord your God to emptiness or to vanity. And so every single person who says, thus saith the Lord, when God hasn't spoken those words to them and hasn't sent them to deliver them, they are breaking the second commandment. They are blaspheming God. And the Apostle Paul makes it clear that it's because of people like this that God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles. And so you'll note then that they have sinned egregiously. What is called for when they do this is not comforting words of of assurance in an in a in an empty hollow way. We say, well, that's okay. God knows your heart. You were doing your best, and and all that matters is that you gave it a good college try to hear the voice of God. That's not the gospel. When you break the second commandment, what is called for is for you to lament and to feel true sorrow and contrition that you have dared to take God's name and drag it through the mud or slap it on to these false lies that you're spewing and claiming are coming from him when they're not. And to call upon God to have mercy on you, to forgive you for blaspheming his name and to please forgive you. And then you can hear the gospel, the good news that Christ is bled and died for this sin and that you rather than having to face God's judgment can be forgiven and are forgiven for the sake of Christ but then given a very stern warning go and abandon this sin 
no longer speak in his name because you are not a prophet and bear fruit in keeping with repentance by only speaking the truth of God that we find in his word. That's what's called for. But Troy Black is basically saying, you know, no, it's, it's no big deal. You know, if you, if you, if you get it wrong, God knows your heart. You, and what matters is you're trying and grace will cover the rest. That is a misappropriation and misuse of the, of the blood of Christ. And you'll note that he's assuring them that things are okay when they're not which, by the way, is another sign of a false prophet because false prophets say peace, peace when there is no peace. And so it's no big deal, no problem, yet the person has sinned grievously against God. And I would note that the second commandment has a warning. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So God takes it very seriously when you misuse his name and blaspheme his name by saying words for him that he never gave you to speak. Do you believe that Troy Black actually, is he among those, you had those categories at the beginning of our conversation, the disturbed who mistakenly believe they're actually hearing from God? Yeah, I. he doesn't remind me of somebody like Ken Copeland. I think Ken Copeland knows he's deceiving. I believe that uh, Troy Black legitimately believes he's a prophet, and he sincerely is, I think he's disturbed and there's something really wrong with him but that's my personal opinion but i don't think he's intentionally deceiving i i believe he legitimately believes what he's telling is the truth but it's not how can christians know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they have heard from god real simple open your bible we know from scripture that all scripture is God breathed. It's the anustas, profitable for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. When you open up the scriptures, which has Jesus' stamp of approval on it, Jesus confirmed that the Old Testament is the word of God and that God was the one speaking through Moses and the prophets. Jesus is the one who sent the apostles and said of them, the one who hears you hears me. He has put his stamp of approval on all of the Bible. And you know you're hearing the voice of God every time God's word is opened and rightly preached and divided, law and gospel, sin and grace. Those are the words that God wants you to hear. That is the message that he wants you to hear. And the nice thing is that uh, you don't have to test the scriptures. You can completely trust them. They are 100% reliable, infallible, inspired, and it, everything you need for doctrine in life is found in the Bible, and it is the very word of God. Why do so many, like Troy Black, and I mean, you could go on naming false prophets off the top of your head for probably 20 straight minutes. Why do so many engage in this, and why, sadly, are so many taken in by it? Biblical illiteracy, personal ambition, greed, and pride. The end, I would note that Part of the big issue is, as, as kind of Luther points out in the small called articles, is that in the Garden of Eden, the devil made enthusiasts out of Adam and Eve. Uh, if you go back to the scene of the crime, there, there's the devil, you know, and the serpent tempting Eve. And is it true that God's not letting you guys eat from any of the trees of the garden? And Eve assures him, oh, no, no, we're able to eat from any of the trees. It's just not the one in the midst of the garden. We're not supposed to eat of that one or touch it. 
and uh, and then the devil just starts just spewing and and absolutely slandering God. And it says, no, 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 no. Listen, child, you can eat of this tree. God doesn't want you to eat of it because he knows the day you'll eat of it, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And Luther points out in the Small Called Articles, at this point, Eve goes internal. She goes into her feelings. And so she saw that the, the, the tree was delightful, that the, the fruit was beautiful and profitable to make one wise. All of that is feelings. And so she went internal rather than saying, no, 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 the, the word of God says you shall not eat of this tree. She's looking to her feelings. And so from that point on, human beings have kind of our default mode is like Gnostic enthusiasts where we think that truth is going to be found inside of us rather than outside of us where the word of God comes from. Pastor Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota. He's creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. Find out more about Fighting for the Faith on the Talk on Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Chris, thanks. Thank you, Todd. Issues Etc. has been brought to you in part this week by Luther Academy. Luther Academy recently completed a three-day conference on worship with pastors, musicians, and laymen from Guatemala, Honduras, Belize, Panama, and Bolivia. Learn how to support the worldwide mission work of Luther Academy at lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Next week on Issues Etc., we'll have pastors Brian Wolfmiller and Brian Ketchelmeyer respond to your unanswered Bible questions. You could submit your question via email, talkback at issuesetc.org, at Facebook, facebook.com slash issuesetc, via Twitter at issuesetc, or through the Issues Etc. comment line 618-223-8382. I'm Todd Wilkin. Go to church Sunday. Thanks for listening to Issues Etc. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. The grace of God, the church's music, the Lord's Supper every service every Sunday, preaching Christ crucified and risen, our hope for years to come, there is hope in St. Louis, Hope Lutheran Church, that is. 5218 Neosho Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Find us on the web at hopelutheranstl.org. If you plan on doing some online Christmas shopping with Amazon, you can also help support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. Just go to smile.amazon.com, sign into your Amazon account, enter Lutheran Public Radio into the charitable organization search field, and click Select. A percentage of your purchase will be donated to Issues Etc. Smile.amazon.com and choose Lutheran Public Radio. Thanks for your support.